everywhere my wife and I go, people compliment me with compliments about her. <laughs> people always tell me how beautiful she is and how class and charming she is. And I, I'm often left wondering, uh, do these people see me? Why isn't anybody complimenting me? Do they, do they see how handsome I am? I'm a pretty good looking guy, you know. They keep talking about my wife and my wife only. <laughs> Another situation is our height, our height. I, I firmly believe that I'm taller than my wife. But she, she looks taller because she's got hair, long hair. Almost every judge involved in this case has been on my wife's side. Our children and friends. I suspect even the church. I've used all necessary means to prove my point. But... I always lose. Despite what you think about it, I still believe I'm taller than my wife. <laughs> the last one. The last one is the age situation. My wife and I were born the same year. But I was born four months before her. Therefore, I'm older. And she owes me so much respect. <laughs> she keeps saying that we are the same age. But she needs to be reminded of what a four-month-old boy can do. I was already enjoying life. Oh, <laughs> Yes, I was already enjoying life out here while she was in the womb. Therefore, I'm older. <laughs> she should reveal me. <laughs> Thank you. I have some support, you see. Finally, somebody agrees with me. <laughs> I, I, I want you to see how stupid this is. You know, <laughs> Some couples struggle with stupid things like this. Like... They compete among themselves instead of cheering one another up. They compete about how much money each one brings, how much influence they have over the children, or who has more followers on social media. The, the husband struggles because the wife brings more money home. The wife wants to compete with the husband's influence and vice versa. Like some stupid stuff. And people fight. Unfortunately, this is happening even in churches. Pastors compete with one another, with other pastors. Leaders compete with each other. And thanks to the rise of social media, pastors are now measuring themselves based on their social media following. Christians are arguing about which pastor is more influential. People are arguing online about which church is more spiritual and which preacher is more anointed. We are wasting our time, Christians. I think it's stupid. It's stupid. It's 
stupidity because Christians have lost their focus. If your pastor has one million followers on Instagram, and my pastor has not even an Instagram account. Why does it matter? Why does it matter? Why should that matter? God is using people. And we should honor them. I agree. Pastors, apostles, bishops. Yes, we should. But we should not lose focus. Jesus must be our focus. Every pastor, every bishop, including the Pope, should focus on exalting the name of Jesus. The church should exalt the name of Jesus. We are distracted and divided because we have made secondary things our primary focus. Let's read the word of God. Let's read the word of God. Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's go through this scripture. There is so much we can say about Jesus. But one thing pointed in this passage is that he is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Romans organized their races in stadiums. The judge would normally stand at the end, at the finish line, holding the prize in his hand. So the runners will be running with focus on the prize and the judge. So when you finish, he will determine who finished first and receive the prize. Paul is using the analogy of the race to explain the Christian journey. Christian faith is a race. Christian faith is a race. We are competing not against one another but against evil spirit, against the life challenges. Paul knew that life is a race. We are competing against something. You know what? Everyone is running a race. Everyone is running after something or from something. Everyone. From the day you were born, you started to run. I'm telling you. Because life is a race. You are running to something or from something. Everybody's going somewhere with their life. Even though you don't know it. Even though you are not aware of your directions. Oh, I'm confused, you are saying. I'm confused. Even though you are confused, you are running. In circles. 
on a roundabout of your life. Everybody is running. The question is not if you are running or not. The question is not if you are in a race or not. The question is which race are you running? You are running. But where are you heading? What are you running from or to? There is a better race. There is a better race. You don't have to run in circles. You don't have to run left or there. Or you, there is a better race. As a runner, whatever draws your attention determines your direction. Therefore, Paul encouraged us to keep our eyes to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. That means you are running toward Jesus. That is what Paul is telling us. We are running toward Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, is the first thought I want to bring to you. There are many characters in the Bible. Abraham, Moses, David, Paul, Peter, and others. They are all important figures. But they are not pioneers of our faith. Paul did not start Christianity. Peter did not save you. Jesus is the pioneer, the author, and the originator of our faith. Without him, there is no Christianity. It is him who started the work in you. It is him who saw you running around without direction and then he picked you and put you on his race. He saw you going astray and he said, oh, come here. I love you. Stand here. That is the direction. Come toward me. He's the one who started it in you. Philippians 1.6 says, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. He who started the good work in you will carry it to completion. Jesus started the work of transformation in you. The day he picked you up and put you on his race, he started the good work in you. Paul and Peter are messengers. That's why we call them apostles. Which means one who is sent out. Your pastor is a messenger. The person who invited you to church is a messenger. The person who shared the gospel with you is a messenger. God uses people to lead you to Jesus. But Jesus is the pioneer of our faith. I have a lot of respect for men and women of God. But they are not pioneers of my faith. Jesus is. He started it in your life. No one should take credit for anyone's salvation or transformation. Yes, we should honor them. Those who are used by God. We should acknowledge their contribution to our lives. But no one should take credit for our salvation. God is at work in people's heart. He is working in your heart. We can facilitate salvation, but we are not responsible for it. 
God has started his work in you. All great characters in the Bible pointed to one person, Jesus Christ. They lived and believed in God and their lives pointed to Jesus. They were human beings like us, but their faith set them apart. James chapter 5 verse 17. Elijah was a human being as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the land. Human being like you and I. We can learn from Elijah, from Paul, from Peter. But they are not pioneers of our faith. Jesus is the generator of our faith. He started it and we should trust him. Don't think you started to think about God because you are smart. Uh-uh. Not because you are a logical person, you know, you, or you, you feel God, you, you just felt it. None of those led you to God. It is Jesus at work in you that made you feel God. It is Jesus in you that made you understand it. If you were saved as a child, good on you. It's still Jesus at work. If you're saved as an adult, or if you are even searching, you haven't made up your mind yet. The reason you are in this room is because Jesus is at work in your heart. You start to ask yourself questions. What is going on with life? What does eternity look like? That is God at work in your heart asking you questions. No one should take credit of what God is doing in your heart. God is already at work in your heart. You were lost in your sin. You were running different races. Chasing money. It's a race. Pleasure. It's a race. Fame is a race. Power is a race. And other foolish and perishable distractions. They are all races. Then Jesus came to you, picked you up, pointed you in the right direction. Listen to this. Life is a race. You don't get to decide when you start, but you must decide your direction. You don't get to decide when or how or where you should be born. God does not ask our opinion about which race you will be born with or which country your mother will come from and which, which place, which hospital. You don't have any opinion. You don't share any opinion about those things. But once you are here on earth, like I came four months earlier than my wife, just, just so she remembers. Once you are on earth, you have to pick your direction. What are you going to chase? What are you going to run after? Money or Jesus? Power or Jesus? Pleasure or Jesus? Or nothing or Jesus? When Jesus called you, <laughs> there were some demons, principalities, Dark forces trying to stop you. Making you doubt yourself. Maybe they are still doing that job. And telling you you are not good enough. But Jesus overpowered them. He started 
his work in you anyway. Despite all the mistakes you've made and all the voices you've heard, God started his work in you anyway. That means at the beginning, at the start of the race, you were not alone. There were some demons holding you there. There were some sins holding you there. Jesus came. That's, why, that's what the pioneer of your faith means. He came at the start. Pushed you. He is the one who started like kickstart. Hey, Jesus. He kickstarted you. You overtook all demons. You overtook all the fears. Boom. You're on the rest. Because he did it for you. No one starts the rest without him. You don't have the power to start the rest without him. So when he kickstarts you, you start running. He goes before you. And he says, oh, come, 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 come. Do you watch that? He's the pioneer who kickstarts you, who starts with you, who takes you out of where you were. Then he goes before you, he becomes the finisher of your race. He becomes the goal. Come, 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 come. He starts calling you toward him. The one who started his good work in you will finish it. Stop doubting yourself. Stop doubting your, your, your faith. I'm energized. Because I know what I'm doing is not up to me. Someone is working in me. And I trust him. I can trust him. The one who started will finish. Let's talk about keep your eyes on Jesus, the finisher. The finisher of our faith. Jesus is not only the one who brought you into his race, out of other races, into this race. He's also the goal of the new race you are in. The goal of his race. He's at the end waiting for you. So your ability to finish the race depends on where you keep your eyes. He started with you. You can choose to run like this. Watching the crowd. can. Or face him. It's up to you. It's up to you. He won't force your head. You need to choose where to look. You won't finish the race if you fix your eyes on the crowd. No, 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 no. When you look into the crowd, you'll realize that some spectators, they're not cheering for you. Mm -mm. They're cheering for the guy next to you. When they shout the name, they shout the name of the guy next to you or the girl next to you. Oh, she's really good. Oh, she's really fast. Oh, she's really, oh, she's really like people shout and scream my wife's name. Like they just scream someone next to me. <laughs> if you pay attention to the crowd, you'll get distracted. Some of them will not only shout the, the name of the person next to you. They will insult you. Oh, I've seen that in stadiums. Ah, so be careful. Be careful. Don't keep your eyes on the crowd. It will discourage you. The, the, the crowd will make you think no one likes you. 
The crowd will make you think you are more than who you are. Oh, if you keep paying attention to the crowd, you will think you are who you are not. The crowd always amplifies things. So if you keep your eyes on the crowd, you might hear the crowd chanting the name of the person next to you, how great they are, how great they are, how great they are. And you're like, oh, I'm not, I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve to be here. Oh, who told you you don't deserve to be there? Jesus started the, 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 the rest for you. He's the one who puts you here, not the person next to you, not the person next to you. Fix your eyes on Jesus. The pioneer and the finisher. People's opinion can slow you down, my friend. They can wear you out. People's attitude. Oh, I can tell you, people have left churches because of someone looked at me like this. Someone said this to me. The crowd. The crowd. Your eyes are fixed on Jesus when his opinion matters to you more than what the crowd thinks of you. He's the one calling you. Come, come to me. Come to me. And you're running. And you're running. You hear people saying, you are not good enough. You are not this. You are not this. Who cares? Jesus is calling me. I keep going. Oh, the other pastor next door. Look at what is happening to him. They just built a new building. People are flooding in his church. <laughs> flooding. <laughs> Who cares? Jesus called me. I'm on my race, fixing my eyes on Jesus. Some Christians are more concerned about what their social media followers think than what Jesus think, thinks. They're more concerned about being rejected by friends than pleasing Jesus. You won't finish the race if you fix your eyes on the crowd. You won't finish the race if you fix your eyes on yourself. Did you know that? You will not finish the race if you keep your eyes on your weaknesses, your sins, or your missed opportunities. It becomes about you now. It's no longer about Jesus. Oh, look at my shoes. They're not good enough for running. Oh, look at me. I don't look good in this race. Mm. I wanted to lose some weight. Look, I, I wanted to. Hey, I forgot to do my makeup. Oh. You go back again. You can't run without makeup. Most people get discouraged because their eyes are fixated on themselves. Their sin, their qualification, their disqualification. Maybe your guilt is holding you back. You struggle to do what God has called you to do because your eyes are fixed on your weaknesses, on your limitations, on your failures. I'm telling you, maybe you should have a day that will come to church without makeup. And no makeup day. No, that was just a suggestion. I hear, I know the vote is, is said no already. So no. It was just an idea. The one who started the work, the good work in you, will complete it. You should not look at your sin and think, oh, this is too big for me. Jesus who started his work in you will set you free. He will.
Learn to trust Jesus and his work in you. I, I pray that you will understand that it's Jesus at work in you and not your own strength. Your addictions bring them to Jesus. Your struggles bring them to Jesus. The issue is you are trying to fix yourself. I'm telling you, you can't fix yourself. Bring your struggles to Jesus. Bring your worries to Jesus. Bring your doubt to Jesus. Bring it, bring it, bring, bring your questions to Jesus. You don't feel like it, bring it to Jesus. You feel like it, bring it to Jesus. You can't stop it, bring it to Jesus. You can't do it, bring it to Jesus. He's the pioneer and the finisher of your faith. Yes. Enough of distractions and putting secondary things first in our lives. Set your eyes on Jesus and not on yourself. When you fail, remember Jesus is calling you back. When you feel lonely, remember Jesus is right beside you. When you are overwhelmed, remember Jesus is at work in you and for you. Don't fix your eyes on yourself. Focused on making yourself happy, we forget the basic principle of happiness, which is to look outside ourselves for true happiness. You are unhappy because your life revolves around you. You don't Finish the race if you fix your eyes on the runner beside you. Fixing your eyes on the person running next to you is a distraction. Comparison is one of your worst enemies. Comparison diminishes the sense of self-worth. Comparison makes you live with constant feelings of dissatisfaction. Comparison makes one lose sight of what matters. What do we gain by comparing ourselves to other people? What a waste of time. What do I gain by comparing myself to my wife? What do I gain by comparing my past, myself to the pastor of the church on the other street? What do I gain out of it? God has gifted us differently. I must be confident in who I am and what I bring. You must be confident in who you are. Comparison brings unnecessary jealousy, fight, and unhealthy competition. If we fix our eyes on to Jesus, there will be no room for comparison. If we fix our eyes on Jesus, our relationship with him will matter more than any other relationship on earth. Jesus is our prize. Jesus is our goal. Jesus is our judge. Jesus is waiting for us at the end of the race. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. After starting his, his work in you here on earth, Jesus went, sat to the right hand of God, waiting for you. Fix your eyes on Jesus' power when you are under attack. When you experience lack in life, fix your eyes on Jesus, the provider. When we experience failure, we must fix our eyes on Jesus' mercy. In your fear, fix your eyes on Jesus, the good shepherd. In your loneliness, fix your eyes on Jesus, the great I am. 
in your uncertainty, fix your eyes on Jesus, your rock. Your attention determines your direction. Whatever you focus on dictates the direction of your life. Keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on the throne. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Stay in your lane. Let us run with endurance the rest that lies before us. There is a rest that lies before each one of us. There is a land for each one of us. There is a specific journey designed for each one of us. Your rest looks different from mine. Your challenges look different from mine. Your story doesn't look like mine. One thing we have in common is that we are all on a race. But your life is different from mine. Stay in your lane. It's your race. Don't compare. Stay in your lane. Don't do what everybody else is doing. Your life will feel, sound, and look different. Because you are different. Let us lay aside every hindrance. How distracted are you on your race? Hindrances are not necessarily sins. These are things you tolerate but are not helpful in your faith journey. The things in this life that are keeping you down, what are they? Some scholars believe that they used to run naked back then. Yes, they used to run naked so that they can run faster. They took all their clothes off and make sure nothing can hold them down. Nothing, nothing holds you down. It's not a sin to run with a jean, a pair of jeans on. It's not a sin to run with a backpack. It's just holding you down. You, you get the point. It's not a sin. Some things in our lives are not sin. They are not sin. They are just stupid. Because they hold you down. Some things in your life will just hold you back. They don't have to be written in the Bible. This is a sin. This is a sin. And that's why we give ourselves excuses. Oh, you know, it's not a sin. You know, it's not a sin. Is it helping you run? The things you know them in your life. What are they? The things that are keeping you from following Jesus. The things that are keeping you. They are holding you. What are they? They are holding you back. And then he says, and the sin that is listened you. So there are hindrances and there are just sins. So these are two different things. Some secret in your life keep, keep you from becoming the person God created you to be. They start as a small compromise. And before you know it, it becomes an addiction. Mm-hmm. It started slowly, just as a small thing. Jesus is offering you a way out today. Can you bring your sin to God today? Keep your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Don't compromise your values because of public opinion. Don't focus on your failure, but on Jesus' unconditional love. Don't compare yourself to anyone except for inspiration. 